My name is Anna Grutzner, and my intention is to discuss, embody, and share my learnings in all things psychology, the human mind, mental health, and wellness. This is a platform to refresh my own knowledge and stimulate conversation before I pick up further psychology studies after completing my bachelor nine years ago. I welcome you on this journey of learning, unlearning, and relearning psychology and what it means to be in joy. Hello and welcome to today's conversation on mental health first aid. This is something I wanted to speak about really early on in the piece because I'm starting to have these conversations around mental health, mental illness. I'm super aware that for some people, these may bring up triggers, difficult emotions, and I think it's really important to have a place to come back to where you can find resources, steps, and a pathway to seeking help. So today we're going to discuss what is a mental health first aid, why is it important, situations where you might need to use a mental health first aid, how to get your mental health first aid and where to learn more, as well as helpful resources for anyone dealing with a mental health crisis. Starting off first with what is a mental health first aid. So this is a certificate that you can get just like a physical first aid certificate. And there are lots of similarities between physical first aid and mental health first aid in terms of the step-by-step process or action plan that is offered. For me, I have used physical first aid and I was certified at an extremely early age. I can't even remember. I remember learning all about doctors, doctor ABCD, now doctors with an S, ABCD as early as maybe eight years old as a nipper down in Anglesey. And I used it during my bronze camp, surf lifesaving, rowing coaching, yoga teaching. So it's something that I am super comfortable with and it just helps me feel really well equipped to deal with any physical health crisis that comes up. So the steps for doctors ABCD, just to test my own knowledge here, is danger, response, send for help, check airways, breathing, CPR and defibrillation. Just like physical first aid, we have seen in the last maybe five, 10 years, the emergence of mental health first aid. I was lucky enough to do my mental health first aid through work, through my previous role. It was a full day where we learnt different mental health first aid scenarios and we did a deep dive into the major mental illnesses that we're likely to see out in our community, in school, workplaces, family, friendship groups, and put us into a situation where we felt really comfortable having those mental health conversations and being that first aid or that first point of contact to provide anyone suffering mental illness or crisis, pointing them in the right direction and making sure that they are on the pathway to help. Although I'm barely going to scratch the surface today, I did want to provide a top line action plan so that you too can feel empowered to help guide either yourself or a friend, a loved one into the right pathways to get that help where it is needed. 
The reason this is so important is because there are so many different mental illnesses out there and they can look very different behaviorally, emotionally, physically. The signs and symptoms will vary from person to person and across various situations. The key ones that Mental Health First Aid Australia covers, this is who I did my certificate with, is depression, anxiety, psychosis, substance use, gambling, eating disorders, suicidal thoughts and behaviours, self-injury, panic attacks, mental illness following traumatic events, severe effects from alcohol and drug use, as well as aggressive behaviours. Each of these mental illnesses shows up in such a different way and manifests extremely differently. So although I will give you the five-step action plan to generic mental illness, to be able to tailor it and approach it to each one of these illnesses is that extra layer to really help empower you. So when to use your mental health first aid? You may find in a workplace a situation where someone is acting a bit differently. Maybe they're internalized, they're quieter, been absent from work, or maybe they're on the opposite end of the spectrum and they're a bit more excessive in their behaviors, agitated, talkative, almost a bit manic, or maybe you're seeing signs of panic, anxiety, depression, dread, all of these sorts of things can come up in a workplace knowing what to look out for. I think the really key thing here is just to trust your guidance system on if someone is acting differently to how they normally are, maybe there is something to explain that or there is something deeper. So just using that observation and knowing who people are, what their personality is like on a day-to-day basis and just being aware of any changes that are happening and, and what that might indicate. So the action plan, if you do feel someone is being taken away from their day-to-day in the workplace, in your family, in a friendship circle, someone's acting differently and you can just tell that something's up, what should you do? We have a five-step process and the acronym to remember is ALGE. So that's with two E's, A-L-G-E-E. I'll go through them at a top line and then we'll dive into what each step may look like. A is approach the person, assess and assist with any crisis. L is listen and communicate non-judgmentally. G is give support and information. E is encourage the person to get appropriate professional help. And the second E is encourage other supports. Action one, approach the person, assess and assist with any crisis. So the first task is to approach any person who you've noticed is not quite themselves over an extended period of time. The key points to keep in mind is the way that you approach the person. So finding a suitable time and space where you are comfortable, they are comfortable. If it's in a workplace setting, maybe taking them outside of the office, going for a walk around the block, taking them out for a tea or a coffee, making sure that the space is comfortable and that their privacy and their confidentiality is being respected. The second action is to listen and communicate non-judgmentally. So setting aside any judgments about the person or their situation and specifically expressing, uh, avoiding expressing those judgments. Naturally, as humans, we do have bias, thoughts and beliefs. So just trying to put those aside, remembering that this person is likely distressed and overwhelmed. So being super empathetic before offering resources or solutions or options 
It is about listening. The way that you might broach the conversation is to say, you know, you're normally such a bright, happy joy at work. And I've noticed lately you've just been a bit more quiet or a bit more internal or you've been keeping to yourself a bit more. And I just wanted to check in and provide this space for you to speak to me about what might be going on for you. Taking that non-judgmental approach, it's offering the space for them to speak. If they don't want to speak about it, that's okay. There are steps that you can take from that point, but this person might be willing and open to share what's going on in their world. So if they do, really allow that person to speak and hear and understand what they're saying. So using verbal and non-verbal communication skills to acknowledge what that person is going through. So maybe it's a little head nod, appropriate level of eye contact, open body language, just approaching it with this warm, open, empathetic energy. It's really important to listen non-judgmentally before communicating yourself. So once that person has offloaded, hopefully they're feeling a bit of a weight off their shoulders having spoken to you. At this stage, you can move into action three, G, which is give support and information. It may be emotional support, such as empathizing with how they feel, giving them hope for recovery, as well as practical help with tasks that may seem overwhelming at the moment. Maybe it's offering to help with something seemingly insignificant. If it is a workplace, maybe seeing how you can get involved to take a little piece of work off their shoulders. Also asking if they would like more information on what resources and help are out there. So rather than just offering it to them, giving them solutions, just checking, you know, how would you feel about exploring ways to help resolve what you're going through and what you're feeling right now? Action four, E, is to encourage the person to get appropriate professional help. So once you've made them aware of the options available to them for help, you can discuss different pathways and different courses of action. So maybe they can speak to their GP, get professional help, and I will also give you some helpful resources at the end, including, you know, Headspace and Lifeline, Head to Health. There's lots of great resources that you can point them to as a starting point. And from there, they will likely speak to a GP about options like medication, counseling, psychological therapy, support from family members. So although you don't need to be the one to provide all of the answers, to just let them know that they exist can be a really big gleam of hope for this person to know that help is out there. Action five. The second E is to encourage other supports. So you can encourage this person to use self-help strategies as well as seek support from family, friends and others. Just starting to open that dialogue and helping this person to become aware and to be vulnerable and to open up and to communicate with someone who can really hold space for them and guide them in the right direction. Another person might be someone who has lived experience with a mental illness or who has gone through what they're going through and who might be happy to speak to them. That offers another really empathetic and relatable tool for them to seek help through. When taking these five actions, it's really important to care for yourself as well. Obviously, you have a role to play in providing care and first aid for the person experiencing mental health distress, 
but it's also really important to look after your own mental health. So depending on the severity and the type of mental illness that this person might be going through, they may share a low level or a high level of detail about what they're experiencing. And that can be quite triggering and a lot of weight for you to hold on your shoulders. So making sure that any conversations that come up that have been taxing to you or to your mental health are shared with a counsellor, with family or a friend to ensure that you're seeking that support. Although you do need to keep that person's privacy and confidentiality in mind and not sharing any details that might identify that person and what they're going through and to link those two together. The other one to keep in mind is that different people come from different communities, different cultures and different cultures have different approaches and ways of dealing with mental health. So just really keeping that in mind, being completely non-judgmental and allowing that person to share their experiences with you. So those are the five steps. I will go through them again. So A is approach the person, assess and assist with any crisis. L is listen and communicate non-judgmentally. G, give support and information. E, encourage the person to get appropriate professional help. And the second E is encourage other supports. So these are the five steps to dealing with a mental health crisis. So hopefully you feel a bit more empowered about when to use them, how to use them. The last thing I wanted to touch on is helpful resources. So if you or anyone you know is going through a mental health crisis or mental health difficulties, some really great first points of call, uh, Lifeline, the Suicide Callback Service, Beyond Blue, eHeadspace, Sane Helpline and Head to Health. And of course, in the case of a medical or mental health emergency, calling triple zero. I hope you got something out of today. I hope you learned something new. If you already knew about the mental health first aid, I hope this is a nice refresher for you. If you do want to look at different course options, like I said, Mental Health First Aid Australia is a really incredible one. Having a look on Google about what else might be available online or in your area, I would really highly recommend it. Thank you so much for joining me today, for sharing your time with me. I hope you take care of yourself and have a beautiful rest of your day.